Hello and welcome to Counsel from Above, your place to ask a counselor questions you wish he would answer from God's Word. I'm your host, Nathan Honeycutt, licensed professional counselor, minister of the Church of Christ, coming together today to consider the topic of how to get the most out of right now. Hey, thanks for joining the podcast. We're so glad that you're with me. Hey, I want you to send me some questions. I would love to be able to answer them. I'm getting questions through our email address, which is counselfromabove at gmail.com. I'm getting questions from it, which have been very good. I really appreciate the interactions and the connections I've had through the email. It allows to be a little bit more anonymous and allows you to stay a little more hidden if you wish to do that. We also have our Facebook group, which is Counsel From Above Podcast. It's your place to be able to get the latest information about the podcast, to be able to see what topics may be coming up and get some uh, information along the week as well. Love for you to be a part of that and be sure that you like and share and make comments. That helps us to be able to get to more people and get more connections with others that might be interested in similar information. You can also find our kind of business side of the Facebook group, uh, which is Council from Above, and we'd love to have you uh, on that one as well. And again, whatever you might be uh, listening to us on right now, hey, give us a review. Uh, put on, click on there. Give me as many stars as you can give me, and uh, put some comments. It helps to be able to get others uh, to see the podcast and to be connected to it. So, hey, I encourage you, anything that you can do to help me spread the word, I am really appreciating it. Getting a number that are sharing different posts and, uh, and providing information and doing different things. So please help me out all that you possibly can. We also have uh, a new thing that I'm hoping to get set up on our Facebook group. Uh, I know that at times uh, videos are of interest. So I'm going to throw up here very soon a Facebook uh, answer so that you can uh, see me as I try to answer this qu the questions. Uh, to be able to provide you yet another avenue to be able to be connected and have the questions answered and kind of see from another perspective. So I appreciate all that you do to help me out and continuing to send so many comments and questions and so many things that are coming through. So thank you so very much for your help. Hey, so let's talk about it. How do we get the most out of right now? So first question comes from the Facebook group. Julie Bond says, Overcoming bitterness, negativity in an ever-present negative world. What is the source of true happiness? What can I find? Where can I find joy? How do I keep it? What does it look like to be content? How do I achieve contentment at every stage of life? This one can be relative to both younger and older generations, I think. Well, Julie, I, I think the question really does kind of span many different age groups and connections and uh, different places that we might be in life. It is interesting to see some of the major tools that Satan uses to be able to get in the way of our Christianity or get in the way of our connection with him, uh, getting in the way of our happiness or our joy. And so one of the many tools that he uses uh, is the bitterness, the negativity, of those that are not living as God would want them to live. It's interesting to see those who have made some very detrimental decisions in their life and 
blame God for it or be upset with God about it. And in so doing, then, are very negative uh, about the things that God could do, can do, on and on the list goes. And so our world is very bitter, is very negative because it doesn't have God first. And so where do you find the true source of happiness? And that is found through the Christian life, through the life that God would want us to lead. I think that's proven by looking at the life of Solomon. Solomon, King Solomon from the Old Testament, third king of Israel, was a man that really demonstrated and showed that there is nothing on this earth that fills the gap in our life that is to be filled by God himself. Solomon was willing and did, it would seem, participate in every single possible thing he could find on this earth to be connected to. He went far beyond anything that you and I may be able to imagine to try to find happiness uh, in, in his pursuit of this earthly happiness, in his pursuit of worldly things, there was nothing that was known to man that he wasn't in the middle of. And in the midst of all of that, he draws a conclusion. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse number 13, the ultimate conclusion uh, that is provided by Solomon. He says in that very verse, he says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. So Solomon's life choices is saying there is nothing that is available that I haven't looked at, went through, um, experienced. And here's then he says the conclusion of the matter. Here's, here's the whole enchilada, as they say. To fear God and to keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now, if you went back to the original, the statement whole duty of man as we have is actually more translated the whole of man, the everything, the completeness of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments. That's where you find the best life. That's where you find the best connection uh, and world is to be connected to God. And so the true, the source of true happiness comes from one source and one source only, and that is God himself. You know, where do you find then like joy? Joy is a happiness or a acceptance far beyond this moment in time. And I think that Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 is the answer to that, which says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Joy, rejoicing is found in the Lord. That That's where you're going to find it. Now, you know as well as I do, Satan is presenting to us uh, constantly that joy is found in earthly things, but that is a lie that absolutely is no bearing uh, to truth. The things that are based upon uh, flesh and worldly things are sold as being 
lasting and true joy, but they are not. And that's why Paul writes to the church in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice according to what the Lord has presented, because that's where true joy is going to be found. The Julie, the question you then ask is, how do I keep it? I keep it by saying in the Lord. I keep my rejoicing and my joy by staying within what the Lord has provided me. And as the questions continue, you then go on to ask, what does it look like to be content? And contentment is an acceptance of, of where you're at in the moment, and that contentment, according to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, number one, is learned. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, as Paul presents this particular information, he says there now in verse number 11, he says, not that I speak as uh, of being in need, For I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. So I have learned, he says, that this is where I find that contentment. I find contentment by learning. But it says also that in whatever situation I am in to be content. Contentment is also a choice. It is learned, I have learned, gained through information that has been provided to me while I accepted the situation that I am in, I have learned to be choice, decision, opportunity for self through a situation to be content. So therefore, you and I as as individuals have to overcome the worldliness by rejoicing and finding joy in the Lord in what he has provided because it is the whole duty of man. And in so doing, I then learn as a choice to be accepting of what I have and to be content of what is set in front of me and what I am enjoying or able to enjoy at the present moment. Thanks, Julie. I appreciate the question. Uh, The next question comes also from the Facebook group. It comes from Jody. Jody says, how about worry? We aren't supposed to worry. We're supposed to pray about it and hand it over to God and not take it back over. But how do we shake it out of our heads? Well, Jody, the question is an interesting one. And what makes it interesting is the challenge that is being posed. We aren't supposed to worry, the question states. It's interesting that as Jesus talks about worry in Matthew chapter 6, he makes an interesting statement when he talks about worry. And and he kind of gives you this, this statement, this idea. So verse 34 is the verse that I'm thinking about. 
Verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So everything that you need is provided if you seek God first. But then verse 34, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So Jesus seems to be indicating that worry is certainly an aspect, anxiety is an aspect of life, and it's an aspect that is in our being, but is things that we have the ability to then manage and or address. Now, you also have uh, Philippians chapter 4 again, going back to verses 6, 7, and 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. You absolutely have him talking to us, but as much as God talks about anxiety, worry, he also has information through the text that shows that Jesus himself had such feelings. I'm not sure that we are to say that like worry is like sin. If we did, then we may be indicating that Jesus himself sinned, and that's not accurate. So what is it then? Well, worry for the most part is a feeling we possess when we lack control. Oftentimes when we worry, it's over things that we don't have control over or that we don't feel like we can impart difference or change to. And so therefore, we are upset about it and we become upset, worried, anxious about it because we don't have control over whatever that might be. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 27, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Uh, our worrying is all about things we cannot change, control, add, alter, move, and thus that's usually what it's about. Things that are going to come, could come, might come, and aren't here right now. Ultimately, the answer to worry is about accepting what you can and cannot control. If you want to better manage your worry and anxiousness, then learn what you can and can't fix. Learn what you can and can't change. Learn what you can and can't alter. Because the sooner you can realize, I can change this and not that, then your focus is on what you can impact versus what you can't. And thus, you are spending your time, energy, consideration, mindset, based upon things that have the ability to be improved versus focusing upon things that can't be improved or changed. 
So focus on what you can and not on what you can't. That's the part that you'll notice in the statement that you made that we are supposed to pray about it and hand it over to God. What I think is actually being done here is that we tell God, I wish I could change this, alter this, impact this. I know I can't. So please, since you're the Almighty, make it work out as it ought to because I can't do anything about it. I think that also then leans upon the promise given to us by God as God says to us that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. We lean upon that promise and let God make it work out instead of us spending our time, energy, thinking, worrying about what we cannot control. So thus, worry is more about focusing on what we have the ability to change and not the things that we cannot change. Jody, thank you for the question. That was a good one. I finish up with an anonymous question. This question says, how can I serve God when I don't feel adequately equipped to do so? I guess I think this could also be used as a generational conversation also. What are some ways I can serve at every age slash stage of life? You know, the confidence we have impacts our willingness to do things. And the more that you and I feel adequate, the more you and I are willing to do things. So if I don't feel adequately equipped to do something, go learn to do that. If you don't feel adequately equipped to do X in the kingdom, then gain the knowledge training that it takes to be able to do that. If you want to improve your personal skills, if you want to learn how to uh, lead singing better or teach a Bible class better or whatever it is, whatever, whatever item within the kingdom of God that you feel inadequate with, then find the expert and learn all you can. Gain the skills and knowledge that you want so that you can be the best at it you can be. Because ultimately, that's what it's about, is about us gaining knowledge, information, and then doing it to the best that I have the ability to do. And we're not all in the same boat. I mean, some of us are better at things than others. But that doesn't mean we can't learn skills to be the best at it that we can be, the, the best that we have the skills to be. I remember one time talking to a, a preacher and I and I asked, uh, you know, I, I kind of thought about, I was, was encouraged by another podcast and uh, Chris McCurley's podcast. And he was talking to Dan Jenkins and Dan says, you know, approach the preachers and talk with preachers and see what you can do to support them. Ask them how you can support them. So I asked a preacher one time, I said, so how, how do you feel like I can better help you? And and I was kind of caught off guard when they said, oh, nothing really. I'm, I'm great. Wait a second. We're, 
Why aren't we seeking that information or looking for ways to improve? I, sometimes I think many of us have kind of gotten to a point to where we stopped striving to add or improve where we're at. The more you and I are seeking out information, truth, knowledge is how we get better. As, as a preacher, I can tell you that I would much rather someone come to me and say, you know, how I really felt about your sermon is X, whatever that might be. It was too long. It was too short. It was, I uh, missed the point. Um, man, you missed the idea here. You know, what about this direction? I would much rather someone give me some positive feedback or helpful po- feedback or criticism than to just say, preacher, nice job, but not really mean it. I would much rather us be able to talk openly because that's how we get better. That's, that's how we make improvements. That's how we become more adequate in our presentation of and serving for God. That requires having the right people in our life to gain information and our willingness to open our ears and listen to the information so that we can, in fact, get better. And so my encouragement says is how do I feel, how do I build my adequacy? I build it by building the skills, talking to the people that have those skills, learning those particular things, and growing in being able to to change my world. I remember when I first started preaching, one of the things that I struggled with the most was writing. I really had a horrible time writing and trying to like write like articles. And really just anything when it comes to writing things down, I was just terrible at it. I'm still not great at it, but I remember um, going back to, to school. I went to the community college in town and I took a um, English 101 class. Oh, I'd taken it in high school and I'd went through all that, but I'd got through my bachelor's degree and, and I, I went back to English 101. And I went and took an English 101 class to learn composition better, to learn how to how to put sentences together better, how to uh, kind of write and, and put together thoughts because I wanted to grow in that aspect. I wasn't good at it, and I needed to find that assistance. Look, I encourage all of us, find the areas in this kingdom that you want to get better at and find the people to learn how to do it. People that are good at it are wanting other people to be good at it. So they're going to help you be able to do that. I am so grateful for so many wonderful people within God's kingdom that have opened their knowledge and opened their skills to members of the church so that their knowledge and understanding gets passed from generation to generation or person to person. And I am so grateful for so many that have in uh, and kind of imparted their knowledge to great people so that they can learn and that information doesn't die or end with them. So I would indicate very clearly that if we want to get better at serving God, we do it by building on our weaknesses and building on the things that can help us grow. You know, and as as we think about as we get older or what that looks like, man, all of us have something to provide the person beside us, so let's provide it. No matter how old or young we might be, 
It's all about being able to give what we have and and let it let it improve other people. You know, I think about my sons. I think about uh, Brady, sixteen years old. He's he's pushing himself and to to give lessons and devotionals and teaching Bible classes, and and his enthusiasm for it and his his mindset of here am I send me you need me to do it done why it's the same way and that he's working on you know teaching in a, an old a kind of an adult bible class and and is is really kind of pushing his safety and his positions of of being comfortable because what he wants to do is to be able to push it to make the improvements to get better now i will tell you because of that I have had people who've come to me and says, you know what? I'm starting to teach Bible class because I watched your sons and how confident they are. I can do that, they say. I can I can do that. And it's been wonderful that no matter, I mean, even though they're teenagers, they're still impacting other people's lives that are 40 and 50 and 60 years old. So going back to the question, no matter where we are in the age and stages of life, we have something to give to the person beside us, and it's important for us to do that. It's important for us to pass our skills on and work with others to help improve our own because that's how we make the improvements and change and alter and build within the kingdom because the reality is is that Jesus was absolutely right when he talked about the parable of the talents. Those individuals had five. He had five. He got five more. You use your talents, more come. The other one had two, had those two, used those two, got two more. You know, when you and I are using what we've got, it helps us to gain more for the glory and service of God. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. Hey, like it, share, do all of those fun things. Uh, Make sure that you get onto our Facebook group because we would love to be able to continue the connections together and being able to share together. Hey, keep on the Facebook group. Watch it closely. New things are going to be popping up very soon. We're all excited about the new things that are happening very quickly on that site. So please check it out. Love to have you. Send me questions. Love to get them. I love to have the interactions and love to hear the connections. I got a great one coming up uh, that just came from the email that I'm getting ready to do and we'll do the first of the year. And so we're going to get on it. So, hey, happy holidays. Best of uh, luck as we go into the new year. And as we always let us continue as we think about our new year approaching in the end of this year, let us constantly live our lives in service to God, living the way that he wants, listening to him and living our lives according to his counsel from above.